about this? These two, these two people, are I am geeking out to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Mark, Jasmine, what a nerd! Nerd alert! <laughs> Unleashed television. What are you talking about? Anything can be a podcast. Video game. <laughs> what is a geek? Oh, hi, Mark. The whole point is, of course, the plot is. You guys have great conversations. Oh, I am geeking out. Unleashed movies. People love movies. All right, you guys, podcast time. You're listening to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Part of the Security Badass, we take our passions and our fandoms and we turn them into conversations with you. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 142. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. Each week on the Geeks Unleashed podcast, we bring you a uh, catch up of our pop culture lives as well as bring a new review of something adapted from the comic book or gaming world. But before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We'd also love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're watching on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And also, please feel free to donate to our Ko-Fi. Any money is greatly appreciated. So, Yep. Jumping straight into our Geek of the Week, I'll let you go first. All right. My geek of the week is another anime. So part of my morning routine is I get up in the morning, I put my workout clothes on, I pull out my little portable mobile treadmill. It's a walking pad. Um, And then I pop on some anime. So the anime that I just finished, it's the first season of Awashi, which is a soccer anime. Um, And it it was really good. And like, I, I didn't realize that it was so new. It came out I want to say it came out at the end of 2021. Um, and there are rumors that a second season is going to be coming 2024. So not too far off, but it's, just, it's really interesting. It's like these middle school kids that get scouted by um, one of the youth leagues that feeds into the Japanese national team. Um, but of course, there's like drama with the kids who make it versus the kids who don't make it and there's like this whole like underdog thing plus like an elite status kind of thing there's lots of wacky characters uh lots of big personalities it's a lot of fun uh it's not as endearing as yo amushi pedal which i fell in love with five seasons of that when i was walking earlier in the year but uh it's fun i like to start my day with the sport anime because i feel like it gets me all hyped up so that when i go to work I'm like in a good mood versus like watching sad anime or like stressful anime. And then I get to work and I'm all just like riled up. Um, So it's, it's been like a fun little practice and I really enjoy it. So I just finished that. And now I'm like, I'm on the hunt for a new sport anime to watch. So we'll see, we'll see what I find for my geek of the week next week. Uh, I, the one thing that really jumped out to me, there was something I said earlier, actually, um, the walking pad thing i need to i need to invest in one of those i so. love it it doesn't go very fast and i can't use it for very long like the and maybe it's just like the brand that i have but it only lasts about like 40 45 minutes max and then it starts to kind of then you start to smell like that burnt rubber smell so like i'm okay. trying to keep it from like overheating um but i mean i get i get a jump on the day and i get like over 4,000 steps before I even leave for work. So by the time I get home from work, I'm over 8,000. So it's a really, I mean, you have a dog. So like you, you get a whole lot more steps than I do, but like for people like me who have a desk job, like it's super helpful to be able to kind of get that going in the morning. No, I've seen um, Imran uh, tweets a lot about how he has a raised desk and has a walking pad under his desk. Yeah. Um, I assume he has one that can do a few hours though, because I've seen him go on about how many, like how um, by like 11 o'clock in the morning, he's like completed all three of his rings. Well, sorry, he's completed the two of his rings, not mm-hmm. standing rings, like, uh, or like on the Apple Watch. And I'm like, I need to get one of these things. Like, They're not that expensive. Like they, they've started to go down. I think the hardest part, because, because I'm so tall, I have a really long stride. So it was really hard to find one that had like, over 41 inches like 41 inches seems to be pretty standard for like the belt length but mm-hmm. that was that's too short for me so the one that i found is like 48 and it's it's just right um it doesn't like you can get different kinds like mine doesn't have a handrail or anything so you have to have 
pretty decent balance. Uh, I've only fallen off once (laughs) (laughs) and I've had it since March. Um, But like, it's, I like it. It's just like, do your research because they have different kinds that have like different weight limits, uh, different size belts, different widths. Um, so just kind of do the research on, on what it is you're looking for. Mine, I had an Amazon gift card, so that covered a little bit of the cost. I ended up out of pocket paying like two twenty five. I need to, yeah, I think, but yeah, anyway, but uh, I know you were talking about your anime as well, but it just really jumped out at me thinking it's a really good idea. So, but it is, it's good uh, for habit stacking. Like, cause I don't, I don't have as much time anymore to like sit on the couch after work and watch TV. So it's like, well, if I'm going to get my steps in anyway like i can watch tv while i'm walking and then i'm not missing mm-hmm. uh, you know i'm not like missing anything in my day so it's really nice i recommend um, it no yeah i might or i mean to be honest with you i've got a gym around the corner which is only about eight minute drive i could just go there with my ipad and maybe watch <laughs> stuff at the same time um anyway my geek of the week so back in 2019 no 2020 between January and February, I don't know if you remember, because I'm sure I told you, for about two months, I watched continuously all five seasons of Orphan Black. Yes, I and remember. And I, I thought it was amazing. You were obsessed. <laughs> I was obsessed. Yeah, literally, that's what I watched. was like, well, I'm sure I watched other things, but I basically went anytime. I don't think you did. I mean, other things with my <laughs> wife and children, but oh, okay, uh, okay. The, mo- the moment I got time on my own, it was like off in black, off in black. Yeah. And um, I think there was a season or two that did go off a little bit, but generally it was a really good show. So, however, um, like all good things, they do not end. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I know there was an audio thing, which I haven't listened to. And I think there's been some comic book spinoffs, which I have also not read. Mm-hmm. However, there has been Orphan Black Echoes, which was a ten, is a ten episode series uh, featuring everybody's favorite Jessica Jones. Um, oh, Kristen Ritter. Yep, she is there, and uh, she's the star of this. This is set, I think, something like forty years after the original Orphan Black, so okay. it's set in the same continuity and um, sl- slightly different. We don't have lots and lots of Kristen Ritters. But mm-hmm. we do have clones that are the same person as Kristen Ritter, mm-hmm. of, but of different ages. They don't really refer to them as clones. Uh, they follow like basically they're like four D prints of of the same person. And um, hmm. uh, and as the series goes on, there's other people that are introduced. And I I, I think with the original Orphan Black, it did go off and get a bit silly sometimes. And there was weird characters that were introduced with tales and stuff like that mm. however this seems to be a much more realistic version of probably what would happen if cloning did start happening so mm-hmm. I, I liked it i really enjoyed it i carry on I'm going with it i watched it with it all 10 episodes within two days uh which i think says a lot and i was not sure where we were going with it because it felt the mysteries were getting unraveled okay quite easily as we were going they were setting up mysteries that were getting resolved within four or five episodes and and then suddenly within the last two episodes more mystery started to come out and it does end on a cliffhanger so i was like oh, okay we are getting a season two thing so i wonder as it was you know like i say as season one was going mm-hmm. i felt like oh this could be a one and done and then suddenly Definitely in the last episode, you're like, okay, this is really ramping up to a second season. So, uh, I, I mean, Kristen Ritter is amazing. I love the world of Orphan Black. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was done really well. It's a win-win for t- you. And in terms of the links between the first two, there are two characters that do return from the original. Not not the actual main star, the clone um, Sarah Manning, or anything like that. But there are mm-hmm. two other people that do show up but because i think between real world orphan black and this one i think it's only been like five years obviously 40 in the show there's a lot of prosthetics that are used to to age mm. these two characters up mm-hmm. and um and the star of the show actually is um the daughter of sarah manning well one of the stars sorry kristen ritter is her own character but they do the other co-star is actually Kira Manning, which is Sarah's daughter from the show. So, mm-hmm. huh. uh, so if you're a fan of Orphan Black, I'd really recommend it. It's addictive. It's really well done. And, what network is it on? Uh, I can't remember. I 
just watched it online. So, um, but yeah, it, it's online somewhere. Because Orphan Black was on Bravo. No, ABC uh, America, I think for you. No, it wasn't on a major network here. I'm sure it was ABC America over. over no, no, BBC America. BBC. America. Oh, okay, yeah, so, I was so going to say BBC America. Yeah, I think it's BBC America. Um, but yeah. So uh, anyway, we will jump into our main feature now, which is Gran Turismo. It was directed by Neil Blomkamp, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, screenplay and story by Jason Hall, Zach Balin, and Alex Tis. Tis? T. T. Okay, I don't know. Um, anyway, it's based on Gran Turismo, the video game, but from Polyphony Digital. And it stars David Harbour, Orlando Bloom, Archie Maduqui, Darren Barnett, and freaking Ginger Spice, Jerry Hallwell, uh, and Jimon <laughs> Hunsu. Uh, first released earlier, oh, so the game was released, sorry, earlier this year in 23rd of December 1997. And it was created by Polyphony Digital and distributed by Sony PlayStation. It, the movie, however, though, was released earlier this year on the 25th of August 2023, running time of 134 minutes with a 64 million US dollar budget and made a box office total of 121.4 million in takings. So um, reason, obviously, we're reviewing this because, obviously, we said they're adapted podcasts. This is a slight curve to our rules you know it's a video game ish adaptation i mean it's produced by sony said actually it's produced by playstation specifically so it is yeah yeah, that kind of counts as a video game to me so well do you know what when the intro came in at the beginning um you know the the first sort of 30 seconds of titles leading up to the that was so cool I loved it It had all um all of the sony like yeah uncharted Tomb Raider, uh, um, Sonic. Yeah, no, no, I didn't have Sonic. Um, oh, Sonic is Sega. Yeah, yeah. Who was no, that little had... squishy? There was a little squishy guy. Oh, I know who you're thinking. Uh, was it Ratchet and Clank? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and um, crap, I've forgotten. Oh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all those characters. I was all like, oh, the this PlayStation is cool exclusives. Yeah. I was like, and um, I thought this is cool. I thought PlayStation should make more movies. Yeah, I, this one 100% to me counts as a video game movie because as you're watching this movie, like PlayStation never lets you forget that this is a PlayStation film. Like that logo is everywhere. Everywhere is the PlayStation logo in this movie. Everywhere. <laughs> oh, 100%. Oh, we'll talk about the movie and more of that in a minute. I think yeah. you're going to you're going to do something now. I'm going to uh, Okay, so instead of fun facts, I got a little quiz for Mark. It's a true or false quiz because this is a this is a biopic actually. Um it's based on the video game but also like on a real life person who played this video game but then actually turned into a race car driver fancy that um so we got a little trivia first question mark Jan mm-hmm. Murnbro uh, was the first person to ever win the gt academy true or false mm. well i mean watching the film it implies it's true but I'm going to say false because of the question. (laughs) False. He was actually the third winner of the GT Academy. GT Academy is a real thing. Like it was a real thing. It was started in 2008, ran from 2008 to 2016. It was a collaboration between Nissan and, um, and PlayStation um, to literally do exactly what the movie said they were turning gamers into actual racers so the academy ran for a long time it started out real small um and then it expanded to i want to say 16 countries um so yep jan was the third winner he won in 2011 uh but he was the youngest he was 19 or 20 when he won all right jack salter david harbour's character is based on a real person true or false I feel like this is true. Okay. That is false. Oh, so okay. <laughs> so oh. his character was essentially created for the film, but producers have said that like they can see several different real life people all kind of like meshed up together in this one character, but there was no character like him in real life. All right. That's a shame. Yeah. Okay. So Danny Moore, who is Orlando Bloom's character is a made up character for the film. 
True or false? I don't know now. I'm gonna still say <laughs> I'm gonna say he's true that he's a real sorry that he's a real character. I feel like he's real. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Danny is based on Darren Cox, who was the Nissan exec that cooked up the whole GT Academy idea. Uh okay, I cannot pronounce this German word. But it is the uh the Nurburgring race, which is the race where he flipped the car. Oh yeah. Actually happened. True or false? Oh, okay. This is true. It's very true. Yes. Um, but also they time shifted it for the movie. They did, because the that accident, which actually did kill a spectator his name was Mm -hmm. andy german he was 49 years old he was dutch uh they did flip it that crash happened in 2015 which is four years after jan turned pro so he had been on the pro circuit for quite some time uh before that accident happened and in the film they use it very early on before he ever gets his uh international racing license and they use it as a plot point to turn him into a better racer uh, but it did actually happen. And the footage of the crash in the film is almost a frame-by-frame recreation of the actual crash that was caught on film. Um, that was all CGI, by the way. Most Though most of the driving in this film is practical effects, but that that sequence was CGI. Um, yeah, I'll be honest, I had to look that up when I... <laughs> I, had to, I had to see if that was real. Yeah. I mean, well, like, when they said that someone died, I was like, no way! Like, because I, I vaguely, like, vaguely remember hearing about Jan when I was much younger. Um, but, like, I did, I never really followed his racing career. Um, and so, like, when that came up in the film, that was the first thing I did, too. When it was over, I looked it up to see if that really happened. And I was like, damn, that, I mean, that's rough. Like, mm-hmm. that's, oof, man. All right. Next question. So in the actual racing series, the GT stands for Gran Turismo. True or false? I think that's true. False. Oh. Um, so the GT, which GT and GP racing is a real thing, is a real actual thing that happens, but it stands for Grand Tour. Um, oh. And the, the GT describes the type of vehicle that they're using. Um, so, Okay. The film's racing sequences take place at their respective locations. True or false? In the movie, what you're saying, they actually got filmed at those locations. Yes. Is that true or false? I want to say that's probably false. It is false. They filmed most of the racing sequences at the same park, um, same park, same track in Hungary. Um, It's another... Jeez, I have a very hard time with the Eastern European language uh, languages like the Hungaroning track. Um, they drove on the track backwards to kind of make it seem like it was a different location, but it's not. And then all of the grandstands, all of that stuff, they use CGI to create all of the backgrounds. Um, the only other track that they did actually film on was in Dubai. The reason I believe that was false is because I thought the budget yeah for, yeah exactly like this was a 60 million dollar budget they didn't have the money to be flying all over the place mm-hmm. um okay this film is director neil blocamp's first pg-13 film true or false 12a over here um <laughs> it's almost the same thing uh i don't uh, he, he did he, he did that um like south african sci-fi film didn't he Yes, District Nine. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he did the other weird film with Matt um, Elysium. Da, da, yeah, um, and those are definitely beyond twelves. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely District Nine because that's quite horrible in parts. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what else he did. So I'm going to say yes. He probably was his first. Yes, his yeah. other two feature films. He's done lots of shorts. Uh, his other two feature films are Chappie. And oh, I've not seen that. Oh, Chappie's good. And Demonic. Chappie very much feels, uh, now Demonic, I'm not going to watch, but Chappie very much feels like District 9. Um, Same, almost same cast too. Um, Charlotte Copley is in Chappie as well. Okay. I agree. I agree, by the way. I'm not going to watch anything called Demonic or or that is Demonic. Hell no, that missed me with that. No, thank you. (laughs) I mean, even, even if I probably, like, even if I wasn't a man of faith, 
that, that stuff freaks awesome. me out too bad yeah. man like I, give me a slasher flick all day but that stuff no i'm good i, I remember some friends that would watch paranormal activity nope i did not sleep that night nope. um i, I mm. that, that was a horrible film films like that just play on your mind so yep. no thanks uh, i'm no. good i got yeah. enough going on up there <laughs> 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 all right last question the actual gran turismo game creator is in the film true or false that's true that's true Yes. Do you know who he is in the film? Well, the guy did the press conference. Uh, no. no, the um, actual guy is uh, Kazunori Yama- Yamauchi. He makes a cameo as the sushi chef when they're in Tokyo. Oh, so he didn't actually play himself. No, he okay. didn't play himself, but uh, he I is. Thought... He is in the film because I, I, I thought, thought it was so weird that they had him on screen for so long. I was like. Why are they like so obsessed with the sushi chef? This is so weird. And then I found that out. I was like, oh, well, okay. Credit where credit is due. Thanks for inventing this game, dude. <laughs> uh, I just, you know what? I didn't actually check on this, but I just made the assumption that they got him to play himself. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So that's that's all I got for the fun facts. For the, for the trivia game at this time trivia, around. Trivia slash fun facts. Oh, because so. this one, a lot of the fun facts are the film, right? Like it's, they get so much of it right. I thought that was really great. So yeah, that's why I did a little trivia instead of fun facts. So I was watching this movie and um, before I jump into it, we always get throughout the IMDb summary, but I was like, if I was to make my own, it was like, what do you get if you add the second live action Hellboy, Sony PlayStation video game, um, <laughs> the, a, a ginger spice, uh, <laughs> Uh, 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 you get Gran Turismo. Yeah. So. A Hellboy, uh, a Spice Girl, and Fast Cars. What do you get? <laughs> uh, you get Gran Turismo. There you go. Oh That's the gosh. movie. Oh, and and uh, uh, and a sprinkling of Karate Kid. So. And Legolas. Why not? Uh, yeah. Throw it all in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like watching this. I was just like, it's Karate Kid, but with cars. So, yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. Anyway, here is the actual IMDb summary, which actually somebody put some effort into. Based on an unbelievable, inspiring true story of a team of underdogs, a struggling working class gamer, a failed former race car driver, and an idealistic motorsport exec who risk it all to take on the most elite sport in the world. I think that actually does a really good summarizing this. This actually um, brings out. A, a sort of a chain of biopics that we've had this year with mm-hmm. Oppenheimer, Tetris, Blackberry, Air. Um, I've not seen it. Those are all films I've seen. I haven't seen Dumb Money, which is also a biopic of uh, lots of actually not famous people who um, gamed, shall we say, the stock market and did really well uh, um, becoming rich yeah so, off of GameStop uh, yeah off from GameStop so that's why the that's why I had the gaming pun uh and, and to be honest with you I've really enjoyed all of those biopics that we've had this year and like I say I'm, I'm gonna watch Dumb Money as soon as I can I loved Oppenheimer I honestly I think Tetris and Blackberry were just amazing movies considering mm-hmm. I mean who would have thought Tetris and Blackberry would be such good movies considering <laughs> like what they're from right, who would have right. thought a movie about Blackberry I know I'm right really- or a movie about Tetris, and then to bring it into this, <clears throat> Gran Turismo, the one thing I'm really disappointed with myself is that I didn't see this on the big screen, so I I'm disappointed I that I didn't get a chance to see it. However, so Gran Turismo, I, I just think it really falls nicely with the chain of movies that we've had this year. Yeah. Uh, and I think, to rant a little bit here, people are getting a little bit fed up, I think, of comic book and i know we review comic book movies quite regularly um but i think they're getting fed up with the current run of comic book movies that that we've been getting because they're becoming less inventive and actually just using the same tropes and recycling the same tropes and and plus plus the background knowledge required is too great at this point uh, mcu yeah i mean dc maybe not so much because i mean they've probably only had about 15 movies and um and marvel have had something like i don't even know we're coming close on 30 i think we're at 27 28 with the marvels that just came out and the linking of all these tv shows and stuff Mm um i mean years ago people were loving all that but now there's just it's too much and i think again it just falls in line with actually there's just too much content yeah in general i think actually there's just too much content out there 
full stop. And people might disagree with me on this, but I think there's too much content in general, which is actually getting watered down. So when you get into movies like this, to come back to it, I actually think this is a really good movie and we'll break it down as we go. But um, have you ever played Gran Turismo? Yes. I um, have to, but go on, you go. Gran Turismo, um, Need for Speed, and Forza are the three racing games that I loved. And I played them all. Well, not Gran Turismo. Uh, Gran Turismo was, I had to play it when I was at somebody else's house. I had a PlayStation, but with Need for Speed, um, I could play on PC. And I don't know. I just, I always thought that my favorite part of the game, which they do in the film, and I loved it when they did it in the film, but like when you sit down and before you start a race and you customize your car, like that part of the game was always my favorite part. Cause it was like, Oh, do I have enough credits to do this? And do I have enough like points where I can do this? And can I add this, you know, booster like, ah, and, and like, Oh man. And then you get like, as the games go on, then you get to do that custom paint. Oh, I loved it. Like the, the car customization took longer than actual races in the game did. But like, I was always obsessed with this. I think I've always loved motorsport because I was a kid who grew up in the car industry. Like my dad <laughs> sold cars for until he retired. Um, so I have been a car nut like most of my life. Big racing fan. I was a Formula One fan. At my favorite Formula One driver got into a really bad accident, lost both of his legs. They both amputated. And then he now is like a, does like the Paralympic kind of stuff. But like racing and cars and just being an overall gearhead has always been like in my wheelhouse. So I loved it. I love playing the games. I remember them so vividly. And I remember like these games were the reason why I would like, try to save up my allowance because I wanted to buy myself a steering wheel because I was tired of using the keyboard or I was tired of using joysticks. And I was like, I really need a wheel. Like I need a wheel to be able to play this game better. Did you get a wheel? I never could afford one. Uh, <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Cheap now. Well, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I've got to be honest, I'm not very good at sports games in general, whether they're football or like, any of the FIFA games or any of the car games. Oh, I'm terrible <laughs> at FIFA. I've played Gran Turismo, but I'm just not any good at it. Uh, I've played a little bit of Need for Speed. I'm probably slightly better on that than, than I was on Gran Turismo. But the weird thing is, um, so my youngest daughter, who's nine, she loves the Need for Speed games. And mm -hmm. she we've got a couple on our PlayStation and she she loves playing them. So she'll just play them happily on her own and loves, loves racing, etc. And when we watched this movie, uh, she did fall asleep for the last 20 minutes. But, That's but <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I think she really tried to stay awake. She really yeah. tried. But anyway, we watched the whole thing. Uh, it's really difficult to get my daughters to watch whole movies. Especially also, this is a really long movie for kids, too. Yeah, it's just slightly over two hours. Yeah. To try and get my kids to watch anything more than about half an hour is quite hard work. Yeah. But she, she, watched the whole thing my nine-year-old my 13-year-old flitted in and out but my nine-year-old wanted to watch the whole film and even the last 20 minutes she was like i'm trying to keep my eyes open <laughs> anyway but she really loved it and she she said um i really want want to play this game that's what she said i really want danny can can you get this game um i really want to play gran turismo she's like i've played need for speed with this I, like this game looks really cool so yeah. i i think that's quite probably good for sony and another reason why probably sony love making things like this because oh, i don't yeah. know what the link is between this movie and any any game sales that may have happened off the back of it i'm sure they did see a spike in i mean in same for spider-man probably you know oh yeah, yeah yeah definitely so um but no well, i will say though like playing this game mm. I, the reason i like this game so much over like <clears throat> i do like need for speed but need for speed has so many other elements in it it's like you're running from the cops you're on this mission to do that like the, as the games go on you get all of these different aspects to it whereas with games like gran turismo and forza it's very much just like you get in the car you drive the track and that's it mm -hmm. and i think that's why i loved these games so much like they're super comp complicated it's not it's not easy 
but it was just so like you're in the moment you're like oh no it's raining oh no we got a headwind oh no like like it was to me it was very much like watching a race and that part of it was always so fun it's like it really does feel like a fully immersive kind of thing when you're playing these kinds of games versus something like grand theft auto where it's like you know you beat up people on the street and get back in the car like no there's none of that in these games no, I, I've been a semi car racing game that I've played a lot of recently is Mario Kart, but uh, <laughs> a little bit different. I, I, a little, a little, little different, bit different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, however, watching this though, it does make me want to play this game. I'm going to be totally honest. I would like to play Gran Turismo. It's been a long time, yeah. and I did buy Gran Turismo on the original. I can't remember if it was the original PlayStation or the PlayStation Two, but I did have Gran Turismo on one of those. I went and bought yeah. it. And I loved it. Now I don't know where that game is anymore. But anyway, uh, are you into motorsports? I sense you probably are. I am. I still watch Formula One now. Um, <clears throat> even though my favorite, my favorite current racer retired. My favorite racer was Kimi Raikkonen. Um, but NASCAR, I can't really quite get into NASCAR. If it's on, like, I'll watch it. But it's not something I seek out because I don't like just the oval track. I much prefer <clears throat> formula one where it's like either a city race or like a complicated track. Um, and when I went to Australia and I was in Melbourne, one of my favorite things was I got to go because the Melbourne formula one race is a street race. And like when they're not racing, it's basically pit row is in this public park. And so mm-hmm. I got to walk on pit row for one of my favorite formula one races and like in the garages where all of the cars usually are, it's like people playing ping pong and old guys playing like pinochle or whatever. Um, (laughs) but it was really cool. Like I, I think I probably looked ridiculous because I was just taking so many pictures. I was like, Oh my God, I'm a pin. Like this is amazing. And nobody else cared. Like all of the other locals were just like, it's just a park. (laughs) But I do, I, I do love, uh, I do love racing. I've, I've always um, been a fan. I, I, I'm, <clears throat> I, I think to be fair, I've never given it much of an opportunity. I, I would say it's been a long time, probably twenty years or something since, since I've watched a, a motorsport, actual motorsport thing. I remember when I was younger, I, I, I think I tried to watch a game and I was like, no, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I've, I've never really given it a go. <laughs> Since, oh, oh man, I love uh, it. My my bucket list, uh, a travel bucket list, is definitely going to two races. Actually, I want to go to the race in Bahrain, the Formula One race that's in Bahrain, and I want to go to the granddaddy of them all. I want to go to Monte Carlo to. I think, watch I, think the watching it, race. I think watching it live would be different to watching it on the television. So, <sighs> I mean, that's the same of any live sport. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I, I, if you do go, let me know. Um, we can go together. Yeah, I'll hit show. Uh, hey, let's go to the release. We're gonna go to Bahrain. So actually, I've <laughs> got a, I've got an additional question. As someone who clearly has a, a quite a vested interest in this as a as a sport, mm-hmm. how do you feel this compares to to? I mean, I know it's dramatized and obviously, but you know, as someone who's clearly got a passion for this sport already, did did you did it make you enjoy this movie more? I think it. The the one thing that it doesn't have as much of is the rivalries. Like he, mm-hmm. there there was a bit of a rivalry between him um, and Kappa, the the Kappa sponsors. But like, I feel like a lot of racing is well the the type of racing that I watch. It's it's a team sport, so it's like you got three Red Bull cars, but even though you guys are all on the same team, like you still want to win this race individually. So I think that there is a lot of the competition aspect that they never, ever touch on in this film. Mm. Like they put these guys in as rivals, like the Kappa guy is a rival. And then the guy, the German guy, Schuler, is a rival, but it's to me, it doesn't capture the like on track rivalry as much as when you're watching the actual races. So mm. I would say that's pretty much the only thing it lacks. Like, the the overhead shots and the drone follows and the motion and being inside the car and looking through the windshield as the driver like all of that felt very much like 
this is a Sunday morning and I'm watching the NBC coverage of a Formula One race. Like the way that the races themselves are portrayed felt very much like watching a real mm-hmm. race. Uh, but I would say that they left out a lot of the rivalry component. And I think that's also a big part of racing. Um, so what are your overall thoughts on this movie? I was surprised that I liked it as much as I did. And I think that's because like at this point, video game movies quote video game movies um have like such this awful stigma you know like everybody's like oh god another video game movie like this is gonna be terrible and i think like part of me was like oh another video game movie this is probably gonna be terrible um but even if it's not that great like i loved the need for speed movie it was completely unrealistic and it was over the top and it was just like way out in left field but i really did love the need for speed movie it's not that great of a film but i love it anyway And so I kind of had that expectation going into this one. And I was shocked. Like, I was honestly shocked at how well done this movie was. It took me completely by surprise. But I really enjoyed it. Like, what a story, right? Like, what a story. Like, this is almost like every kid's dream is you see someone doing something and you're like, I want to do that. But like, you know, everybody's always like, no, 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 that's, you know, you're getting too big for your britches. But like to go from a guy who played video games and had never actually driven. So like one of the things about the GT Academy is the two, the two people that won GT Academy before Jan did, they had actually had track experience and they had actually had real life driving experience. Whereas Jan didn't at all. Like he, like, I don't even, they, they make a scene in the film where he like, takes his dad's car or whatever but Jan did not drive like in real life like he did he he was never behind the wheel of a car um and he turned into this amazing like racer and so I think that 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 aspect of it was really cool it to me like they took this incredible concept that turned out to be a real thing and I think that they did it really well so I think that they they told the story really well and again I like I was just completely shocked like this had a $60 million budget and this feels like a $150 million film. Like it does not feel like a $60 million budget film. It is so much bigger than that. I was, uh, somebody was very clever um, with the cash flow and budgeting of this Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. But no, for me, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. And I almost went into this with no expectations. So, you know, sometimes you go in with high or low expectations. I just went in to just watch this movie. I really, mm-hmm. I actually really wanted to watch it. I, I liked, I didn't know anything about, because I don't follow the world of racing. I didn't know anything about this Gran Turismo Academy. I didn't know anything about this person's true story. I deliberately didn't Google it. The only thing I Googled was the car accident. And I just typed into Google about Gran Turismo movie, car accident, and it, and it did say it actually did happen. And that's when I read about the time shifting. That was the only thing I read. I deliberately held away, because I knew you were going to bring up some facts as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I deliberately held away from anything that was true. Um so I could just watch this movie. This is, you know, I didn't go other than that accident. I didn't Google a single thing about this movie. And I only did that during the movie. Cause I actually thought, I oh, know I need to know whether that actual, that part did happen and whether someone did die and whether I thought to myself, I really hope this isn't a dramatization they've made up because it's quite yeah. uh, impactful. <clears throat> it's very it. specific. Yeah. 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 So I thought I need to know if this part's true. But other than that, I stayed away from any of the sort of the truth, shall we say. But for me, this is a real, inspirational underdog mm-hmm. feel good movie like in honesty uh, and when i made a joke earlier about the sprinklings of the cry kid this to me just felt like it was the cry kid but with cars yeah now, nothing wrong <clears throat> with that nothing wrong with that you know because it because again it was based off a true story and actually right. this is more inspirational than watching the cry kid which is the movie i love also uh and it's very dear to my heart and this this movie to me i would put this in I don't know where yet, but I would definitely put this movie in my top 10 of the year. Okay. And I think it's a really, really powerful, well done movie. I'm not going to look, I think some of the acting isn't particularly great. Right. Um, I would I say would agree. David Harbour stole the show. Absolutely. Orlando Bloom is probably up there. Not strong, not strong, but of the other actors that are in there yeah he's probably better but outside of that i think 
the direction and writing of this movie was well done and right cinematography <laughs> was just amazing and oh, i yeah. don't know I just, and i thought when it's finished i thought i'd watch this again oh, well, yeah. I, I actually would watch this again and, and i've watched over the last few months i've watched quite a lot of re-releases at the cinema and i know they won't do a re-release of this for a while but if they did a re-release of this on a 10-year anniversary or something oh, like yeah, that definitely I, go. I, I, I would go i'd I regret now not seeing this at the cinema. And it wasn't because I didn't want to. I just didn't have the time to go and see yeah. it. When it came out. So it came out during August and it's always a busy month. But no, honestly, just hands down, I thought this was just really, really well done. Yeah, it's been a while since like I've seen a film that completely just surpassed any expectations I had. Like mm-hmm. this, this movie turned out so much better than I imagined it ever could be. Um. We're going to just quickly talk about characters. There is really three main characters. We've mm-hmm. obviously got David Harbour, um, <laughs> uh, Orlando Bloom, and and our main, um, how do you say it? Ma- Archie Ma- Madiqui. Madiqui. Uh, Madiqui. Who is our driver, uh, who's obviously based off the real real character. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other characters there. There's yeah, the, a, a sort of a smallish love interest, a few other sim racers. There's our rivalry with the, um, the with other the the team. team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Kappa team. I, I think me and you will probably say the same character. Oh, yeah, it's our, David Harbour uh, all the way. Yeah. All the uh, way. And, and do you know what? He, he impressed me massively as an actor during this movie. Uh, I feel... Like nothing wrong with what he's done in other things, like Stranger Things, or and I, I haven't seen Hellboy, and I, obviously I've seen Black Widow, and I've seen a, him in a sprinkling of other things. But I thought he really has stolen the show on this movie. He's really shown quite a range here as well. I felt like you know, emotional parts. You know, you know if you ever want to see him play a bad guy, go rewatch The Equalizer. Uh oh yeah yeah I saw it you know I did see the equalizer but I I, I I'd forgotten that he was in that so mm-hmm. um but yes he, he sort of showed a quite a range of of emotions throughout this film you know mm-hmm. vulnerability um was was in the middle which that his vulnerability he used to push um mm-hmm. uh, push uh, Archie's character uh, Jan in, into the uh into the next phase of the movie but mm. yeah no he was uh, play, he played the tough guy played the caring sort of father figure yeah it just, he just he did it all really well and and then at the end when when he won just seeing his his joy yeah i just thought i, I just thought he just did so well like, and it's made me a lot more of a fan of david harbour than i was before oh so, i've always liked david harbour but no, i think oh, no, no. I, no, I, I know. What you, I get what you're too, saying. But, yeah, but it's definitely pushed my interest in him. If I think, if I saw a movie now come out in a year or two that I wasn't that bothered about, he now would be probably the swing to maybe go. Yeah, actually, I'll watch that. Like yeah. having watched this movie now, he's he's definitely maybe more invested in it. You know, there's some actors that you're like, no, I'd watch that. Like, yeah, on Arnold Schwarzenegger, for instance, it could be a terrible movie, but you're like, no, I like Arnie, so I'm gonna yeah. watch that movie. So yeah, uh, Arnie's a terrible actor. But I mean, but, but like uh, that's that's what you like him. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, I know, but that is exactly why you like him because yeah. you know that you know what you're getting with Arnie. Yes, and he, I think I also think he comes across like a genuine person in real life, and it makes me think actually, do you know what? I'm going to watch it because he's in it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that now. Um, so with him, with I mean, that's high praise though. Like, there's you know, usually there's only a handful of people that you're like, oh, if if someone says in it, I'm going to go see it. I don't care what mm-hmm. it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like that with Russell Crowe. And yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Russell Crowe, yeah, Russell Crowe. I, I would yeah. say. Um, in fact, actually, as of next Friday, Russell Crowe is going to be on the small screen. So. Oh yeah, well, see, he was on that Netflix show, but it was about demons and priests and stuff, and I was like, nope, not do, uh, not doing it. I love you to What's death, but no, I can't remember. It's oh, okay. but it's a, it's a Netflix original that he was on. I don't know. Oh, well, he played some kind of priest that exercised demons, and I was like, "Oh hell no, I'm not watching that." <laughs> no. Well, Godzilla basically, he's on Apple TV from next Friday. So. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. I'm gonna have to get Apple TV. It's the thing I don't have. Like, I just don't have any Apple devices whatsoever. You don't need Apple devices to have Apple TV. So. I just feel like you do. <laughs> anyway, I agree with you. David Harbour is definitely the standout. He definitely steals the show. And I really loved his entire character arc because he shows up at the GT Academy and he's completely skeptical. He thinks 
Orlando Bloom's character is batshit crazy. And he's like, there's no way. Like, you're talking about putting people that sit behind a screen into million dollar vehicles that athletes drive. Like, you're not this, th- these, these people are not on the same level. Like, you're going to hurt someone. Um, and so when he shows up to the GT Academy, instead of giving a welcome speech, that's, I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, but that is my favorite <laughs> scene that because it's the worst, most awful welcome speech you've ever heard. He literally like stands up in front of these kids and he's like, look, here's the deal. I don't think you should be here. And I'm going to spend the next week proving why you don't belong here. So good luck and welcome. I'm like, okay, thanks, asshole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like by the end, he's completely changed. Even by the end of the Academy, like because there's a a scuffle between him and uh, Danny about Danny wants the American kid to be the winner, be declared the winner, even though he lost the race because the American kid is more marketable because Jan is like, he has no media training. He has no presence on screen. He stumbles over his words. He's just like this awkward kid. Whereas the other guy, Maddie actually had presence. And so like, I mean, I can see it. Like Danny's marketing brain was very much like, no, 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 no. I need the marketable person to have won the race, not necessarily the better driver. Uh, But David Harbour was like, absolutely not. He didn't win. Jan won. And that's who we're going with. Um, So like his transition, it felt really natural. for Because he used to be, uh, when he stopped being a driver, he used to be a chief engineer. And it's like, he put on his engineering hat and he was like, this guy is fundamentally a better driver, period. I don't care about your marketing and I don't care about everything else, but I like this kid is the real deal. Um, so I just, I loved it. He was like goofy and mean, but like in a good way. I just wanted to correct myself when you said Russell Crowe a minute ago, I got confused between him and Kurt Russell. Oh, um, it's Kurt Russell that's in the Godzilla show that comes out on Apple TV. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, they're so not just, the same. Uh, yeah, they're not the same. However, <laughs> Kurt Russell is someone I do enjoy. If I know he's going to be in something, I would watch it. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know why I got them confused, but Kurt Russell and the TV show I was referring to is called Monarch: Legacy of Monsters. Oh, but, now I do I do want to yeah. see that because I do like yeah. this whole world of Godzilla that we built yeah. up. Yeah, so uh, apologies for my error. <clears throat> I just wanted to jump back in and apologize for get, getting that so wrong. Um, anyway, um, at least, uh, yeah, sorry, I was going to say something, but I'm going to stop myself. Anyway, all right, um, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we see uh, eye to eye on on the characters there. And, uh, and yeah, so um, during the movie... Is there anything that stands out to you as a as a favorite moment or or anything like that during the sort of scenes or film? Yeah, the welcome speech and then obviously the end um, when they're doing the race, the twenty four hour race at the Mon. Uh, first, I didn't. First of all, I had never even heard of a car race that lasts twenty four hours. Like that's I haven't absurd. either. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it had to have been that one. Like that entire sequence at the very end just there's like the penultimate race where this crew of gamers which actually happened um came in and caught themselves on the podium at mm-hmm. one of the biggest races in the world for that particular vehicle type and i was just like like at that point i had to get up off the couch and i was like sitting on the edge of the couch like literally on the edge of the seat like i could no longer be like laid back in the corner like I was so tense at the by the end of the film that I was just like I was so into it like I just couldn't believe how into this film I got um so oh, yeah definitely. that in the last race at the very end of the film was just like the cherry on top like it was it was so good I really enjoyed I, it I feel like the first half an hour was quite slow um because of yeah. the build-up which uh-huh. I'm glad I'm glad <clears throat> in, in reflection it was good it's quite. I had nothing wrong. There was no problem with it being slow. Because I'm glad that we took our time to get into it. Yeah. Um. I love the part. There's little bits here that I loved. I love the fact that him and his brother roll the car off the drive before they started. Like, <laughs> I was like, these guys are not amateurs. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. But the police chase scene where they were. I, mean, I thought that was pretty cool. I liked that. Yeah. Um. And, and there's little bits throughout, but the the car crash incident 
what was obviously it's sad because that is something that happened in real life and and i love the fact that david harbour takes him for the drive and and sort of like i said was vulnerable mm-hmm. uh, and uses that vulnerability of his own to push push him forward and um uh, and then what i love was the conversation between orlando bloom and and david harbour and where they're sitting in the little restaurant and they're just like, yeah, there's this whole petition that they want to get rid of sim racers after mm-hmm. um, what happened, blah, blah, blah. But then I love that Orlando Bloom's like, the only way we're going to do this now is to actually show them. And he's yep. like, pretty much his With words the whole are, team of sim racers. Yeah, the whole team. Basically, we're going, to double, we're going to double down on this now. We're not right. just going to have you. We're not just going to have you and yeah. maybe some other other actual career racers. We're just going to get a whole team of sim racers. Yep. We're going to, I think it was like, I'm going all in now on this. Yes. You know, it, I think it's like, if I'm going to lose with one guy, I may as well lose with five. Yeah. So, or not five, I think it was less three. Than that, but it was three. Three of yeah, them, but... yeah. And I'm <clears> just going to lose with a whole team of them. So, I, and I, do you know what? I can see his point of view. Why, yeah. why, why, why lose with one? You know, Orlando Bloom was like, I'm going full in on mm-hmm. this now. I'm I'm putting all, everything on you guys. <laughs> like, it's like yeah. all on black, isn't it? You know. But it, just... was so, it was so good, though. And, like, the fact that this... The fact that this happened in real life, the fact that there was a guy out there that worked for Nissan that was like, you know what would be even better than one sim racer? How about a whole damn team of sim racers? And everybody else was like, yeah, okay. So the thing but the I've thing was, that- like, these guys were so good because they they ended up pulling other winners. So they pulled the guy who won the first race, which is kind of what they did here. And they pulled the guy who won the second GT Academy. And it was just kind of like... This is wild. This is so wild. Because those guys, just like they said in the film, like they had gone on after the Academy to do small scale kind of racing um, for different teams. So I I did love that. And like one of the other things I love that I completely forgot about was when Jan is sitting at his console and then the car gets blown out. Like mm-hmm. all of the pieces just like come out and it's just like this virtual pulled apart disassembled car around him and then it reassembles as he kind of gets his thoughts together i absolutely love that that was so so that was such a good use of a cgi budget instead Mm -hmm. of them using it for all of the races and all of this other stuff like to use the cgi so sparingly but when they did it had such a big impact like i just thought that scene was so cool and then they did it again at the end of the film when he's on the track and he kind of like Again, it like blows the car out into all of its individual pieces and then puts it all. Oh, that was so cool. I love that. You know, I, I, yeah, I want to say this earlier, I'd forgotten about it, but I love all of the. So, whilst this is a biop, um, biopic mm-hmm. film and is essentially a, te- a dramatized version of a mm-hmm. true story. And, and just yeah, actually, before I go, before I talk about what I want to talk about, I love this whole movie. And like you said, the last 20 minutes, I was just like on the edge of my seat. And when they said it's a 24 hour race, I was like, sorry, did they just say that was a 24 hour race? Right. It's like, what? Like, yeah. I'd never heard of this. And then they just like, sat crazy. down and they were like, normally we drive four hours, four hours, four hours for every driver. He was like, but you guys are inexperienced. So we're doing three hours. So you yeah. driving in three hour shifts for 24 hours straight. I was like, but you I also got... thought, I bet they didn't sleep in, the, in their breaks. I bet they didn't no. sleep. No, I mean, I they try to rest, but like, how could you, right? How could you? You'd be full of adrenaline. And also, right. then when you went, like, can you imagine getting woken up and said, like, you imagine. Oh, you got to be in the car in 10 minutes. Like, yeah, no yeah. way. There's no There's way. No, yeah, they'd be way too dangerous. Well, they wouldn't yeah. say 10 minutes. They wouldn't say 10 minutes. So you've got to think, you know, I suppose you'd get a six hour break between, you know, you'd have But you probably only breaks. have four where you could actually sleep. Yeah, so could you sleep in four hours? I don't know, maybe, like maybe, but you'd be too pumped. You'd get out and you'd have to spend an hour winding down. Right. Like, and then, so maybe you'd get two, two hours. I bet two hours is the most sleep you'd get in that six hours. But anyway, that last 20 minutes is amazing. Yeah. But no, I, what I loved was throughout that t- over two hour movie, just all the little nods and visuals that like, suddenly pull this whole gaming experience in. Right, and, like and the, the race number always yeah. sitting on top of the car. Yeah, the like the little little link links mm-hmm. between the game gaming gaming mm-hmm. world of Gran Turismo sort of brought in to just keep reminding the viewer this is right, actually this is a, game. a video mm-hmm. game that's in real life. So yeah, and I love the visuals where he's in his bedroom and the car comes around him, but also yes. also the spin of that that later on when he's in the car, yep. that they pull it apart and he's sitting right. in his bedroom for a split second before yeah. he's now back in the race. Yep. So I love the the sort of the the one eighty of from his bedroom 
to now being in the car mm-hmm. and actually on the track the journey, yeah. journey he's gone in so yeah there's some real cool moments throughout this so I'm just going to put it out there. There's nothing I would have changed about this movie. No. Maybe some be- maybe some better actors. I'll be honest with you. There's a few wooden actors in there, but, you know, that's fine. Uh, actually, well, I mean, it's not that you could change it, right? The one thing that I had a problem with, and only because, like, I've, I am familiar with racing, average height for racers in cars like these, between 5'7 and 5'9, Okay. Archie is six four. <laughs> There's no fucking way he would fit into one of these vehicles, like in real life. And I did not. I did notice he took that bugged me. I did notice he took. Oh, the they always do that. Okay. They have to yeah, take no, it off I, to get out of the car. Yeah, I assumed that. That's why I, I didn't know that before. But like my daughter oh. was like, "Why do? You, why is he taking steering wheel off?" I said, "I assume you because there's not a lot of space." So. Oh yeah, they take uh, yeah. Because they don't put, and it's the same for every kind. They they do it in NASCAR. They do it in Formula One. They all take the steering wheel. Um, in NASCAR, though, that little strap on the back of the helmet, you're actually strapped to your seat, so you have to unstrap yourself from the seat and take the steering wheel off before you can get out. <clears throat> but that bugged me, and I was like, I know that there's nothing I can do. Like it, he's an actor, like I get it. But I, when David Harbor, or sorry, when Jack Salter commented on how tall Jan was. And he was like, can you even fit in the car? I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Are you going to be able to fit in this car, dude? You are ginormous. Maybe Um, they made a specialized car for him. I mean, but I mean, actually the real Jan Martinborough was the stunt driver for Archie for the film. So that was super cool. So in a world of, video game to movie adaptions where we see things like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and Sonic and Mario and Tomb Raider and Uncharted. This and and you mentioned earlier about Need for Speed mm-hmm. and and this this fits in in probably quite nicely with Need for Speed. Um what of those obviously I think Street Fighter is kind of the the the, the 2D fighter game mm-hmm. occasional occasional 3D Sonic and Mario, uh, the family-friendly, yeah. uh, scroll—they're kind of you know um, scrolling games. Tomb Raider and Uncharted are the adventure action mm-hmm. games, and then Speed, Need for Speed, and and uh, Mortal Kombat are are the uh, speed game, speed racing games with maybe a little bit of story here and there with things like Need for Speed. Yeah, uh, I appreciate Tetris did get a live-action uh, biopic of how it got made, though, and, and Tron. Uh, yeah, Tron. Yeah, yeah, Tron. But yeah, anyway. But there's obviously slightly different genres. Yeah. What one do you think makes the best translation from the joypad to actually a movie? I think personally, I mean, you know, I still think Mortal Kombat is fantastic, <laughs> but. Um, Taking the like being a little bit more objective, um, the racing and the sport games tend to translate better, like the real world stuff tends to translate better to film. Now, I do love the adventure genre, like, I liked the Uncharted movie, and the to- Tomb Raider was over the top, but the remake with Alicia Vikander was better, mm-hmm. so I think like those kinds with like the super exotic locations. I think those are great on film, but I don't know. It's something about the sport ones that seem to hit that just right nerve um, that almost make you forget you're watching a video game movie. I think, I think, I think all the other ones are very much like steeped in like, Oh, you have to, it's a suspension of a reality. Right. But with a lot mm. of these, it's kind of like this, this makes sense. Like, mm. So. I think I think with things like Need for Speed and Gran Turismo, they can kind of also not be video game movies. Mm-hmm. If Sony had just pulled back on any of the video game visuals, this could have been a straight dr- dramatic um, biography movie. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> this one, this one specifically, could have didn't have to be a video game film, like at all. Um, but like I said, Sony and PlayStation had just too much influence for this to not be a video game movie. I think in terms of the genre. I think it depends what mood you're in, also yeah. where you are in life mm-hmm. and, and who you're with. Now, I can't sit down and watch Mortal Kombat with my family. No. But what I, re- what I really liked was actually that 
my my nine year old, unfortunately, because we started watching this at eight o'clock at night. Yeah, it's a bit late. Uh, and yeah, I think we'd have put it a bit on earlier. <laughs> but she, so what I liked was she was playing the switch. She kept catching a glimpse of it. And then she put the switch back on the dock and sat down between me and my wife. And she was like, no, I want to watch this movie. Yeah. So for me, if a movie can inspire a child. To put the video game down. Put the video game down and watch the movie. This is a good video game movie. Now, obviously, yeah. my, my children love the Sonic movies and the Mario movies. Obviously, I'm not going to let them watch more combat. <laughs> so, no, that uh, is definitely not for kids. Um, they can watch my- the original. But not mm. this new one. Not at all. No. My oldest one did like the Uncharted movie. So like yeah, I say, that was it kind fun. of depends. It depends where you are in life and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. But I think in translation of these movies to the biggest big screen, I would say a lot more of these modern movies mm-hmm. are, are are handling it better than what we had with things like Street Fighter, the original Street Fighter. Oh, yeah, uh, with Van Damme. Yeah. And it, even the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider was Yeah, was that trash, was over really. the top, so, yeah. I, I think nowadays they are actually taking these properties a lot more seriously. And, yeah. and you could say the same for comic book movies. But before before oh, the yeah. Blade Run, comic book movies were a bit of a joke. And, yeah. and I think it's taken people a while to catch up on actually video game movies also need to be taken seriously. There's no point throwing joke material up there because look how well, you know, things yeah. like, well, I don't know, Spawn did, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, but also, like, if you want to really compare it to something, Assassin's Creed tried. They tried. Yeah. And oh, I don't I think it that, was yeah. as awful as everyone else seems to think it was. Um, but I think they they did the best that they could, I guess, mm-hmm. um, with trying to translate that story, especially with all the time travel. Uh, but, like, again, like, it's really hard with the fantasy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, like, fantasy stuff kind of unless you have almost a lord of the rings type budget like it's really hard to bring the fantasy stuff to life whereas when you stick with the sports it's i mean like the the stage is already set for you you don't have to build the audience's imagination because you know most people not everyone but most people already watch sports so there's already a built-in kind of kinship when you're translating something like a sport video game to the big screen i think so with everything said where would you rate this out of five four and a half do you know what that's what i'm going with like literally i i weighed it up i thought that, i thought the only thing that holds it back off a of five is unfortunately some of the wooden acting yeah literally a if lot they of the strong, acting yeah uh, i i would say if they got in some stronger actors, and that includes uh, Archie, I, in fact, actually, he's probably the weakest part of this movie. Yeah. However, I, you know, I was surprised looking at his IMDb. He's done a lot, which yeah, because he's on Apple TV. Also, he's in that C show. Yeah, I've not seen that, um, but he he's incredibly weak as an actor. I'm quite shocked considering the level of experience he's got however so that really is what holds it off five for me is the weak acting throughout but i I didn't think orlando bloom was that great in this either he he was okay but he was the best of all the other actors but david harbour top miles above everybody else i think it's like if you were to do a ranking of like 100 on the scale of acting david harbour was like number one on this film orlando bloom was like maybe like a 13 or 14 or something and then archie was like down the 60s or 70s and, and then everyone else was down in the, like, the 90s or whatever yeah. so a spectrum of talent i mean so i know i hope they i hope i don't meet any of these people in the street so uh <laughs> anyway um next I week archie was very oh, endearing he yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he just yeah, yeah. he just felt very new but i think like if if their goal was to capture just how much of an outsider jan Martinborough actually was then mm-hmm. i think archie did a good job of that because I think he he did play up to the awkwardness mm-hmm. of being a total noob in this realm of real racing. Um, mm. But I, yeah, I did. Like, it was, it, I think it, it was a little bizarre that David Harbour is just so much better than everyone else. Like, ev- he, so much better than everyone else in this film. And then it's like, David Harbour's way up here and everybody else, like, starts down here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a bit off-putting. But, again, everything else in this film so great cgi the writing the background like oh i loved it Mm -hmm. 
Um, no, yeah, I loved, I loved it. I'll be honest. I finished the movie and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a really good movie. I was like, I'm so glad that I watched it before we came in. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm glad I held it back all week because I need to watch this, I need to watch this. And I was like, no, actually, I'm going to wait till just before I record. And when it finished, I was like, this was such a good movie. Like, yes. a really, really good movie. I now yeah. don't know where to put it in my top 10. I kind of wrote a list earlier in the year. And oh, no, you got to rearrange yeah. it. Somebody's going to oh, get yeah. kicked out to make room. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So um, anyway, uh, both of us 4.5 out of 5, which is, which is really good that we're on the same page on that. Mm-hmm. Now, next week, we're going to start our run. Uh, we're going to do another run of movies. We're going to start next week with Guardians of the Galaxy from 2014. Oh, man. I barely um, remember that film. So this will be a nice refresher. Uh, I remember the intro when he's like dancing and stuff. Oh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Diamond uh, Hunts is in that one too. There we go. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, you can follow us on social media. We're Geeks Unleashed everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify, we are everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Thank you very much for listening. See you next week. Good journey. Good journey.